Welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast, bringing you the best strategies, tech, tools, and mindset to create a life and career you love. I'm your host, Ken. Let's jump right into it. Hey, guys and gals. Welcome back to another Monday evening live stream. As always, bringing you the best strategies, tech, tools, and mindset to create a life and career you love. Tonight, we're talking about something that I often talk about in bits and pieces. I actually did a live stream about three weeks ago, I believe, on the first of the keys that I think are key to living a life of impact, to having an impact that we want to have in life. And I think that we all do want to have an impact in life because what else are we living for except to impact other people? So we're talking tonight about five keys to an impactful life. But before we get into that, I want to remind you guys, I started an online community for guys to come together to find purpose and fulfillment and create success, reaching the next level of growth and impact in your personal, professional, and spiritual lives. I created that community because, well, I mean, I was seeking to be around other people that also wanted those things. So I couldn't find that kind of a community, so I created it on my own. So if you're interested in joining that, you can reach out to me, coach at kennethesh.com, or find me on any of the social medias and just express your interest in joining that community for guys. Love to invite you in. We're talking about five keys to an impactful life. So what I'm going to do is give you each of the five keys, and then I'm going to talk about each one individually. And at the end, I'll go through and kind of bullet point what we talked about. So let's just jump right into it. The first of the five keys to a life of impact is purpose. Now, I talked a couple of weeks ago, I think it was three weeks ago, about purpose. I I went into that pretty deep. I don't know that I came up with a lot of answers, but I asked a lot of questions that could help you find your purpose. I know they've, they've gone a long way in helping me find my purpose. Now, life purpose refers to like the reasons or goals that drive a person's existence that give meaning to a person's life. It's often combines or it's a combination of a person's talents, their values, passions, personality and it gives a person you know a sense of direction and fulfillment i a lot of people come up with a purpose statement for their life i don't necessarily have a purpose statement i do have a mission statement on a sticky note up there behind my computer screen behind my uh little camera there and my mission statement goes like this to be free, to live with purpose, on purpose, and to embody all that Yahweh or God has created me to be. My purpose in life goes right along with that. That is to help others become everything that they were created to be, to help other people fulfill their unlimited potential. I believe that we have, as humans have unlimited potential to do great things, to do awesome things. Not all of us want to do big, huge works or big, huge things. Not all of us want to have a massive impact on millions of people. 
But I believe that we can if we tap into our unlimited potential. I, I think that so often we only utilize a tiny portion of the potential we've been given. And I want to use everything that I've been given. That's my mission in life. And my purpose is to also help other people unlock their full potential as well. So for so many people, purpose is like some far out woo-woo, difficult to achieve thing. It's challenging. It's often a lifelong journey that people take. Like they're, it's an epic journey, like Lord of the Rings. Their purpose is so hard to find. I don't think it's that super difficult. I've, I've kind of distilled it down into something pretty easy. Essentially, it's utilizing your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your skills, your passion, your values, and your personality in creating a difference in the life in the lives of other people. That is our purpose in a nutshell. And so often we have such a hard time finding our purpose or we make it a lot more of a difficult thing than it really needs to be. So one way that you can start finding your purpose or or exploring what your life purpose is, or if you even need one, is to figure out what brings you joy. What brings fulfillment? Like, what do you love doing? What are you good at? Think about the things that you're passionate about, the things you're interested in, your values, your strengths, and how can you combine those things to reach out to other people? What is the impact that you want to have in the world? How can you, how can you help others? You know, maybe that's something like making music. Are you an artist? Like, I guess both of those are art, but are you a good painter or do you, are you a good carpenter and you can build great houses or like, what is the thing that you can make a difference in the world with a positive difference? So life purpose isn't always for everybody, a one-time discovery. And I mean, I, I say, let me change that a little bit. It's not always purpose is is a little bit different. <laughs> Here's what I have written down. Life purpose is not always a one-time discovery, but it's an ongoing process of self-discovery and growth. So as we go through life, sometimes how we express or how we live out our purpose can change. So 10 years ago, my purpose was working with youth. It was helping, you know, kids, 10-year-old, 12, 13, 15, 18-year-old kids figure out who they were, figure out that they weren't messed up. They weren't broken like the school system would have them believe or they actually mattered in the world. It was giving them a sense of, I'm actually important. I matter. I can go do something. I don't have to be stuck in this place where I'm at right now. That was my purpose or how I lived it out 10, 12 years ago. That's changing how how I express that these days. It's not always a straightforward thing. Your purpose is not always like, you don't always know how to express it. Sometimes it's a, uh, I don't really know what my purpose is, but I kind of know how I'm living it out. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't have a purpose statement, but my mission statement kind of ties right into it. So some of us have a lot of different passions and interests. Other people 
they're like, I don't even know what I'm interested in. I, I don't even know. Like I'm, I'm stuck on that. So sometimes we just need to reach out to a friend and be like, Hey, look, can you help me out here? What are some things that I'm good at? What are some things that you see me light up when I'm doing those things? Some people need to reach out to a therapist or a counselor or a purpose coach like me. <laughs> we also have to remember that your life purpose is not always related to work. I think that our work ties directly into life purpose. Work is a huge part of life. Like for most people, work is probably 75% at least of their waking hours. And that's a huge portion of your life to not uh, be living, doing something that you love, to not be expressing your purpose, what you were created to do. It's, it's a huge portion of life. And if you can tie work into your purpose, then great. I mean, that's so much better. If not, it's not the end of the world. It also, you know, your purpose can encompass your relationships, um, your personal growth and how you impact your community. Your purpose includes your whole life. Nothing should be left out. So when you live in alignment with your purpose, Sometimes you have to take risks. Sometimes you have to step outside of your comfort zone and be open to change. But life is so much more enjoyable when you are living there. It brings you meaning and direction to your life. Okay. All right. We're going to move on from that one. I'll bullet point the, the things at the end. The second key to an impactful life is mindset. And if you're struggling with your mindset, you need to go listen to the Mindset Mentor podcast. He has, I don't know, I mean, if you don't like hearing the F word a lot, don't listen to the podcast. But minds, he talks a lot about mindset and, and he's got some really good stuff to say on improving your mindset. Improving your mindset is one of those things that is crucial for your personal growth and your overall well-being. It helps you to tackle challenges, helps you to live a fulfilling life. Okay, we talked about fulfilling life with purpose as well. So a negative mindset holds you back and it can contribute to the stress and anxiety that you see on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's really a, um, it perpetuates itself. If you have a negative mindset, it brings you stress and anxiety, which further degrades your mindset. So it's kind of a uh, a snowball rolling down a hill, growing larger and larger and picking up speed. And pretty soon, nothing can stand in its path. And it takes a massive mountain to break up the snowball. You know, what started out as a little snowball. I've never seen that in real life, but I've always heard that uh, that analogy. So it's what came to me here. So here's a few tips for um, improving your mindset and developing a more positive outlook on life. And I don't do all of these. I'm working hard at implementing more and more of them, but these are things that I'm working towards including in my day-to-day -day life, in my everyday life. In it's a struggle building positive habits and breaking bad ones. But anyway, let's jump into, I think, 10 things that you do to improve your mindset and develop a more positive outlook on life. The first one is to practice gratitude every single day. 
It's so easy to see the negative side of life. It's so easy to see how dumpy things are, to see the direction that the world has gone and be like, ah, oh, world's going to hell in a handbasket. Like, yeah, well, it kind of is, but how good is your life? How much better is your life than the next person or than somebody over in another country? How find 10 things. You can easily find 10 things about your life that are fan freaking tastic. For one, do you have air conditioning in your house? Right now you might need heat, but do you have heat in your house? You know, that's that's a pretty big plus. That helps you sleep at night when you're not freezing, when it's not 30 degrees in your house. You know, that, that's kind of nice. It's a pretty big thing. How about this? Do you have a job? Are you able to work a job? You know, if if you are capable of working a job and there's jobs available, like what's holding you back? A podcast that I listened to, uh, Dan Miller's 48 Days podcast, he said in one of his most recent episodes that somebody asked him a question about money, like, how can I do something, something, something if I don't have the money for it? And he said there's a lot of things that we need in life. I think there's, I can't remember how many keys he listed in life, but he said money is the easiest one to overcome or lack of money is the easiest one to overcome. So think of all the things that you have to be grateful for and start practicing gratitude every day. Just as you sit down to your daily devotions or meditation time or whatever your ritual is in the morning, think of the things that you have to be grateful for. As you brew your pot of coffee, be grateful that you are able to drink a good cup of coffee. Hopefully you're drinking good coffee, right? Holler roast. If you're not, you should be. The second thing you can do to improve your mindset is to set realistic and achievable goals. Having goals to work for gives you a sense of purpose and direction. No, going back to that purpose thing. But having goals gives you something to work for. And when you're stuck in a negative mindset, it's often because you feel like you have nothing to work towards. You have, you have no purpose. You have nothing great in life. But when you set goals, it gives you something to work towards. It keeps you looking forward, focused outside of yourself on other things. So set realistic, achievable goals. Third thing is to surround yourself with positive people. They say that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. I even posted that on my Twitter account today. You should go follow me, Ken underscore E-A-S-H, Ken Esh. Go follow me, connect with me on Twitter. You can like and share my stuff if nothing else or comment on it. But you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. If the people that you surround yourself with are not lifting you up, if they are do not have a more positive attitude than you have, then you need to be around different people. The fourth thing is to practice self-care. Taking care of your physical health and your mental health, it adds to the positive mindset that we have. You know, you need to exercise, proper nutrition, getting enough sleep. Those are things that build build up your mindset. Those are things that boost your mood and reduce stress. Remember we talked about 
the negativity compounds on itself and just keeps, you know, running your mindset down. Number five, limit exposure to news and social media. I say you could probably eliminate news altogether and definitely limit the social media. Kind of interesting. I was talking with my wife today and she has been on an Instagram fast. And she said today she went to check something out that I had shared with her and told her about. And 30 minutes later, she realized she was scrolling reels. That is a destructive habit. And it's, I do the same thing. Like all of a sudden I realize, what am I doing? Where has the time gone? So limit the news and social media. Number six is to challenge negative thoughts. Get a drink here. It is natural for us to have negative thoughts from time to time. But what we need to do is to recognize when we have a negative thought, like, oh, I just hate myself for doing that. Like, that is not a constructive thought. And we are the Constructive Liberty Podcast. So everything needs to build towards the life we want to live. So as you have a negative thought, capture that thought, like grab it right out of your brain, pull it out and hold it in your hand out here. Make sure you keep a tight grasp on it so it can't get away and look at it, like study it. Okay. Where is this coming from? Study that thought until you can figure out where the thought came from. What's causing that thought? What's bringing that into your mind? You don't need that negative thought. Change it. Like if your thought is, I'm so stupid, I can't do anything. I'm, I just, I'm a failure. Change the thought to, you know what? I don't know how to do that, but I'm capable of learning. I failed when I tried the first time, but I'm capable of learning, so therefore I will learn how to do it better until I succeed. That will give you the growth mindset. Number seven is to engage in mindfulness activities. Things like prayer, meditation, deep breathing exercises. You know, when you when you get stressed, go into those areas to help calm yourself down. You know, <laughs> kind of funny. Um when I, when I was a kid, I used to annoy the daylights out of my older sister. And um, she, I don't know where she heard it, but she heard that you should count to 10 slowly. Like breathe deeply and count to 10 slowly when you're angry so you don't lash out and break something. And she wanted to break me. So she would count one, two, and so I would count along with her and she would uh, then she wouldn't make it to 10 before she would blow up. So those some of those things you can do, but you have to be around the right people to make sure that they don't sabotage those uh, the calming activities, you know, to get your mindset in the right place. The eighth thing is to keep a growth mindset. That means embracing challenges, viewing failures that we talked about earlier as opportunities for growth and learning instead of seeing it as simply a setback. Just focus on what you can learn from the experience and use that knowledge to grow in the future. The ninth thing is to practice forgiveness. 
when you hold on to those things, like every grudge that you hold on to is like another big rock in your backpack. You're carrying around all the weight of those things that you should be letting go of. So if you can forgive and let go of those things, you're, you're not too many people think forgive and forget. I don't believe that forgiveness means that that person is not accountable for what they've done. Forgiveness is you letting go of the responsibility to hold them accountable for it. It doesn't mean letting them back in to hurt you. It means letting go of the responsibility to make them pay for what they've done. And then the 10th thing is seeking help if needed. Don't be afraid to, to go to a friend, to go to a therapist, a counselor, a coach, somebody that can help you change the negative mindset to think more positively and to move forward in life. So improving your mindset does take time and effort, but it is worth it. Again, if you don't mind some F-bombs, go check out the Mindset Mentor Podcast. He's got a lot on mindset. He is the Mindset Mentor Podcast. So go check him out. The third key to an impactful life is the relationships that you have. I mentioned a few minutes ago, you're the average or the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. So the better relationships you have, the better people that you're around is going to raise the impact that you're capable of giving in life. The the impact that you're capable of having on other people. Relationships, even for us introverts, are a vital part of human life. I believe, and I'm somebody who doesn't need to be around people a lot. I'm not saying I don't like people. I do like people most times, but I don't need to be around people a lot. I like to some of the time, but I believe relationships are one of the most important things in life. Relationships, being or people, reaching other people, everything in life that we do has to do with the relationships that we have. Everything in life. If you don't have any relationships, most people that don't have any relationships do not like their life. So a strong, healthy relationship can bring you happiness, security. It adds to the fulfillment that we feel in life. But maintaining those relationships is not easy. It takes a lot of effort. It takes compromise for both parties. The first step to having those strong relationships is clear and open communication. So especially in a marriage relationship, but any kind of relationship requires clear, open, honest communication, whether that is between two partners in a business or between a boss and an employee or friend to friend. Like my best friend is not going to like it if I lie to him all the time. If I'm hiding my true thoughts and feelings and and I don't ever share. He's not going to like it if he asks me a question and I give him uh, a veiled answer and I just beat around the bush. Communication has to be open, has to be respectful, and you have to listen. That is one of the biggest parts of communication is actually listening. Like, (laughs) it's kind of interesting. I was reading a book a while back and this guy was a really good listener. And he would have people tell him that he was such an interesting person. 
But 90% of the time, all he did was listen and ask the other person about themselves. So listening is a huge part of relationships. Another part of relationships is trust. You know, I talked about being veiled or being honest. If somebody does not share, if they're not open, you can't trust them. And a strong relationship can't be built without trust. The other side of that is compromise. You know, when two people are in a relationship, any kind of relationship, business, a romantic relationship or anything, there's got to be compromise. I don't care. It doesn't matter. There's always compromise in a relationship. Two people are rarely going to have the exact same opinion and want the exact same thing. So something's got to give or the relationship will fall apart. Every good, strong relationship or friendship is built on common goals and interests. So with my best friend, we both love wakeboarding. We both love snowboarding. We both love watching Georgia Bulldogs football. We both really like fishing. I like fishing. He loves fishing. So those are common interests and goals. And when when a relationship has those things to build around, it's so much easier to maintain it. It goes so much farther. It's so much more impactful. It's so much, it contributes so much more to a life of fulfillment. So moving on to the fourth key to a life of impact, and that is your health. So many people, if you go out in public and look around, by far the vast majority of the people are overweight, out of shape, wheezing, can't breathe right, just in a word. I mean, honestly, often when I go out in public, I look around and I'm disgusted. Like, people, take care of yourselves. Come on. What are you thinking? Like, how can you live life at 350 pounds and you waddle around, you know, your arms are hanging out on on your side. Now, I know some people have issues that they haven't been able to get a hold of. Some people say they have issues they can't help, but it's because they haven't taken care of themselves to begin with. Okay, off my soapbox. There's a lot of different elements of health. There's your physical health, your mental health, your social health, your spiritual health, your emotional health. All of those things, your mental health even. Maybe I said that. I did. All of those things contribute to your overall health. They contribute to the the quality of your life. You know, if if you don't have your physical health, like if you're eating junk food, you're drinking all the time, you're smoking cigarettes, you know, you're eating another Big Mac or a Twinkie or another ice cream. Seriously, I'm like, come on. Your your quality of life goes downhill. If I do all of those things, then half of the things that my buddy and I enjoy doing together are out the window. I can't wakeboard anymore. I can't snowboard anymore. I won't fit in the boat to go fishing. Um, all of those things. Your mental health is another one. You know, we talked about your mindset. Exercise helps out with your mental health. You know, the social connections that you have. There's so many different things that contribute to your mental health. Your social health, which has to do with all your relationships that we just talked about. All of those things contribute to the quality of your life. You need to find what works for you and 
maintain, do, do whatever it takes to maintain a level of health that contributes positively to your life. Sleep is something that most of us don't get enough of. I don't get enough sleep. You know, I typically wake up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock. And if I get to bed after 9, you know, 9, nine o'clock is, what, seven hours of sleep? <sighs> seven and a half, no, it'd be seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. And that's assuming I sleep every minute of that. I don't usually. The dog wants to go out. I toss and turn. The rain is loud. Um, so many different things take away from the sleep. So that's another aspect of health. If you want to talk about diet, there's so many different um, opinions out there. I'm of the belief that you have to find what works for you. Whether, you know, it, I don't know. You need to find what healthy eating is, and it ain't ice cream and Twinkies, I promise. Find out what your body responds best to, and then get on that and stay on it. Stick with it long enough to be a transformed person. I'm going to move on from, from all of that. <laughs> um, I'm looking through some of my notes here. The last key, since we're getting on about 30 minutes, and I usually like to end it around 30 minutes, the last key is one that I am working on building for myself. I don't have all of the answers here. I've observed a lot of people, and I know what works the best for most people. And there's a lot of different um, avenues or railways or paths to get to achieve it. Okay. I'm still working on finding mine, but the last key is no key. Number five is wealth. That's not required to impact other people. It's not. I laid out these five keys in order of, not necessarily importance, but in order of, I think, uh, effectiveness or in order of maybe in, kind of importance. Because, I mean, if, if you don't have purpose in life, it's hard to impact other people. You know, it doesn't matter how wealthy you are. You have no purpose. So how are you positively impacting other people? You can have all the relationships in the world, but if you don't have a purpose, yeah, I mean you might have impact on some people, but if you have your purpose and you have a positive mindset and you have strong relationships and you're in good health, you know, you can have a lot of impact with those four things. The wealth magnifies that like exponentially. They say, I forget who it was. I heard say this said that wealth doesn't make the person. It simply magnifies who you are. It expands on who you already are as a person. So if you're a rotten person, if you are somebody who is very negative and is, yeah, just a, a Debbie Downer all the time, and you come into wealth, if you're a spender, if you blow every dollar that you get and you come into great wealth, you're just going to become more of that kind of person. But if you are somebody who has a purpose, who has a solid mindset, who has great relationships, who has good health, your wealth is going to exponentially magnify 
the potential for impact that you have in the world. So the thing that I've found that works best for the most people and the path that I am trying to follow until I find another one, I'm exploring paths. But the one that I try to stick to the best is this, creating a budget and tracking expenses and then saving as much as possible. So, you know, right now, my wife and I are at a time of our life when money's tight. You know, we've got a whole farm that we're trying to take care of. We're trying to build a house. We're restructuring our businesses to try to uh, save more money. But in the process of trying to save on taxes, we're having to restructure our pay schedules and all of those things. And And it's creating a crunch in life. So we don't have a ton of money. A budget helps with that. It doesn't limit what we're allowed to do. It does. I mean, a budget limits what you're allowed to do. But a budget is not something that says, no, you're not allowed to do anything. But a budget is simply you saying, this is what I want to spend my money on and making sure it goes to those things. So if you can create a budget, track your expenses, and find every area possible to save. Like, don't don't spend a month trying to knock $10 off your phone bill, Okay. Spend an hour trying to knock $10 off your phone bill because if you do that over a year, $10 a month off your phone bill is 120 bucks. That hour was probably worth it. But spending a month knocking a few cents off of it, that's not worth it. So find what makes sense and put your time and effort into those places where you can save money. Another thing that you can do, which I'm trying to do as well, is identifying things that you have around the house or around the farm, around the shop or or wherever, things that you don't use a lot and then selling them, you know, take pictures, list them on Craigslist or Facebook market, or I don't know, there's 10,000 places where you can sell it, but do those things. Um, The next thing is to save regularly, like setting up automatic transfers to a savings account that you don't touch. That's super hard to do because when you need money, it's like, hey, there's that savings account that I've been putting money in for the last three months. I need that money. <laughs> it's hard to leave that alone. Trust me, I know. The third thing is to pay off high interest debt. All debt, really. But starting with the high interest ones, the bigger Dave Ramsey has the snowball method. You know, Starting with the bigger debts and then you put all that money towards the next debt. You put all that money towards the third debt. Some people like to calculate the interest, like what are, how, where will they save the most money if they, will it go, is it the highest debt or is it the highest interest debt? So you're going to have to figure out what works for you, but paying that off so that you can then put that money into savings and investments. And then if you're an employee, take advantage of your employee sponsored retirement packages and all the tax benefits and pre-tax investments and, and all of those things. I have only been an employee for like two years of my life. So I'm not sure what all goes into that. I'm trying to figure that out as I restructure my business. And I don't love all of the things that go along with it, all the tax implications, all the, mm, just want to pull my hair out, but we're, we're having a positive mindset here. Um, you need to also continuously educate yourself about personal finance and investing. And then the last thing is patience. You have to be patient because building wealth for most people takes time. 
and it typically grows slowly. Dave Ramsey, I follow him on Instagram. So I think he just posted something that said um, two out of three, or is it one out of three millionaires, people that retire millionaires, did not have a six-figure income. So that is slow, consistent growth over time. Investing everything you can, putting aside, being smart with your money. It doesn't take a massive income to to grow your wealth. It does if you want to do it fast, but slow, consistent growth. Remember the story about the tortoise and the hare? The turtle won the race. I'd rather be faster and still have the discipline and patience of the turtle, but it's an Aesop fable. So, um, so again, create a budget, save regularly, pay off all your debts, invest wisely, take advantage of, of the benefits if you have those, and continuously educate yourself. Read books, attend workshops, all of the things that you can do to knowledge about how to become better with money. You have to be learning always. And then patience. So again, the five keys to a life of maximum impact is purpose, mindset, relationships, health, and wealth. That's all I've got for tonight. We're at almost 40 minutes. I hope you enjoyed it. In the future, I'm going to probably expand a lot more on these, go a lot deeper into them. I love having uh, guests on to talk about these things. And if you're watching this live um, tomorrow, which is Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. Central Time, I'm actually chatting with John Moody, the founder of Rogue Food Conference, and we're talking about building a profitable family business. This is a man who has built a profitable family farm with a lot of different ventures. So it's going to be a really fun conversation. Again, that's at 4.30 Central Time on Tuesday, January the 31st. So if you're listening to this in the future, you've missed it, but I'm sure you can catch the audio replay somewhere in the podcast feed. But um, for tonight, do good work.